Welcome to episode 9 of the All Blacks podcast, I'm JP Tocker, and in this episode we have Ricky Flutie. Now Ricky was born in the Wairarapa, represented the Hurricanes, the Lions, New Zealand Māori, and then he made the decision to go to England. He ended up playing for England and then later made the British and Irish Lions tour of South Africa. We have a chat about uh, his transition from New Zealand to England and, and then making that team and touring South Africa. And then we come back and we do a little bit of a preview um, of the Lions tour and who he thinks we need to watch out for. And then I ask him, does he rate their chances over the All Blacks? It's a great chat with Ricky. We go into some real deep areas and um, it's an absolute gem. I hope you enjoy it. As usual, we love your feedback, so please get back to us and we want to hear who you think we should have on the show. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Dave Coles and you're listening to the All Blacks Podcast. Welcome to the All Blacks Podcast. I'm JP Tocker, and today I have a, a very special guest with me. It is none other than Ricky Flutie. And uh, of course, Ricky was a, um, a former British, Irish, and Lions uh, player, played for England, Wasps, London Irish, had a stint in Japan, a uh, bit of France as well. And of course, he's played Mouldy All Blacks, Hurricanes, Wanton Lions. I'm probably missing a few out there, mate. No, you, you know, hey, thanks for the welcome, John Paul Tocker. Uh, you're missing, um, yeah, a couple of um, small clubs that mean a lot to me. Yep. Uh, you know, I grew up in um, uh, the Wairarapa Lake Ferry, and uh, my first club there was uh, actually Tuhirangi, uh, where, you know, we had uh, fond memories of, of, uh, of, of that club, shooing the old uh, sheep off the field uh, uh, before games. And uh, and then, obviously, um, yeah, going on to Tertu College and... Representing my first of D, my school there, which was a pretty you know proud thing to do. Did you have a game for Hawks Bay while sort of school? Yeah, I did. I did. I played. Um, I uh, um, yeah played uh, played first of D, and then I drove into town and played for Clive as well. Uh, well, on the same after, day. Yeah, on the same day. So probably second half, make yeah. it there for second half of Clive. And play with the play with the men there, and uh, that taught me a lot actually. Uh, you know, I was only probably 16, 17, and uh, yeah, went in there, and um, yeah, it was, it was it was good, and it toughened me up playing against men. And when I come back, when I come back, and um, you know, play uh, play first of Dean, it, it it felt quite easy. So then um, you made New Zealand secondary schools in sixth form, and then seventh form. Um, yeah, six or six form, six form. Uh, I was yeah New Zealand under sixteens, and then uh, seventh form New Zealand schools. Then I actually went back for a, for another year, um, uh, obviously for studies, and then uh, and, and and then for uh, you know to captain the uh, New Zealand schools that year in ninety eight. So yeah, I was one of those second year seventh guys. Yeah. Yep, and and but uh, so I was straight out of Tiatu College and then into Wellington, into the Wellington EPC side. Yeah, yeah. So when I was at when I was uh, in the New Zealand secondary schools and playing for Tertiary College, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity. Well, the opportunity uh, was presented me to to be a part of the Wellington uh, Academy um, that following year, first year out of school, and um, and I mean it was it was near home for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and my parents had just moved over from Wellington uh, from the Wairarapa over to Wellington, so um, so. Yeah, I was always sort of going to come down these ways, uh, down to Wellington, and yeah, it, it was awesome to be a part of the, uh, the the Wellington Academy straight out of school and uh, having you know um, all these things on a plate and in front of me to help me sort of succeed in my my rugby career was uh, it was it was awesome opportunity that that, that I was given. So from there, you um, you went on, you played uh, Wellington, uh, sorry, New Zealand Nineteens, New Zealand Colts. Um, you played obviously for the Wellington Lions as well, um, and then you became. When did you have your first start for the Hurricanes? What year was that? Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, probably two thousand two, I think. Yeah, yeah, two thousand and two. But yeah, like going back, I, I uh, came through that uh, uh, the New Zealand uh, rugby system. Sort of got uh, picked out at you know when I was in the New Zealand under sixteens. Uh, and came right through the system there, and uh, obviously, uh, when I'd left school and had a couple of years out of school with uh, Wellington Academy, uh, you know, that gave me um, all the right all the right tools and support uh, that I needed to to do as much as I could to to become a professional player, and yeah, and and, and that came about. 
um, you know, in 2002 with, uh, with, with the Hurricanes, but uh, probably straight out of school, I was that next year out of school, 99, played, um, I, was, I was only, I think it was only me and Jerry Collins uh, were the only two youngsters, you know, 18 year olds that made the Wellington Lions uh, that year and, you know, to come straight out of school and to play alongside, you know, some of my heroes that I was watching the year before, you know, um, Christian Cullen, Jonah Lomu, uh, you know, Tana Umanga, Lama Rami, all of these names. Mike Tyson. Mike Edwards, yeah, Mike Edwards Tyson. Um, he's a good man, a bit of a bad influence uh, around that <laughs> time of my, uh, my, my life. Uh, but, um, but it was awesome, you know, it, it, was, it was a great experience. And uh, so a few years in the Hurricanes, and um, I guess you kind of got stuck between two or three positions. You played halfback, first five, second five. You had, like you got player of the day playing fullback for the Hurricanes at one stage. And then you decided to go to England, and this is sort of where things started to change a bit for you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> prob- um, I suppose when I was here in... Uh, when I was in the Hur- well Wellington Lions when I first came out of school, I think I was just um, really stoked at the time. Looking back, I was just stoked to be a part of the team and to um, have the opportunity to rub shoulders with all these superstars. Yeah, and um, and I was happy doing that. And to the point where you know coaches would, would ask me, or, uh, you know, what position do you like? Do you like halfback, first five? Uh, but at the time, I was telling them the truth. It, it didn't bother me because. Um, you know, being on the bench and getting two minutes, five minutes here and there, um, you know, I, I thought that was that was awesome. But then, as I started um, getting a bit older, you know, um, and making the Hurricanes, um, having that utility tag on me, uh, you know, was pretty tough. I'd, I'd I was pretty professional in terms of staying behind and doing my extras, but you know, it got to a point where I didn't. If I was on the bench the coming week, I didn't know what what uh, position. Uh, I was going to play in, so you know, I'd, I'd stay behind and practice my halfback passing, practice my goal kicking, my line kicking, my kickoffs. Oh, I might, you know, then I'm, I'm thinking, oh, well, they might put throw me in at fullback, so I've got to stay behind and carry on doing the high ball, catching the high ball. Yeah, and yep. it was tough, you know, it, it, it was quite tough. And then, um, and uh, <clears throat> but you know, it, it was it was a massive change, massive difference. Uh, you know, when I when I moved overseas, things uh, I you know I nailed a position. I, I told the coach over there that I want to play ten or I want to play twelve. Yep. And 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 yeah, things changed for me. Yep. So you, you get to London Irish, and uh, Brian Smith's there. Sean Edwards is there as well. No, is he there at that stage? Is he wasps? No, no. Sean Edwards was was was, was wasps. wasps. Yeah. But but so you, so you get there and you um, at the time that London Irish was sort of like mid table and you guys had a pretty good season, but you <coughs> you played mostly first five that first season. First season. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I, I suppose um, getting the opportunity to um, to go over um, to England, I thought, well, listen here, this this is this this is going to be a clean slate for me. No one knows me. No one knows my game. Yeah. How I play. No one knows what position I play. You know, so I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give this a massive shot. So um, you know, went over there and started every game uh, yep. that that first year for London Irish, uh, playing ten. Um, um, you know, and and from there it was it, it just uh, uh, I played really well uh, that that first year, and um, and things just. Started humming after that first year. How, what was it? How did you transition to twelve? We ended up playing for the, the, the Lions and for England. Yeah, well, played two years at London Irish, which yep. was awesome. Absolutely love that time. Awesome. Uh, firstly, Brian Smith, uh, who was my coach at London Irish, and then uh, later on uh, for for England. Uh, you know, he was he was he was a great coach. Um, you know, he uh, he taught me a lot of different uh, technical aspects of the game and 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 uh, game plannings. Um, but then, uh, yeah, got the opportunity uh, to move over to Was, and they wanted to sign me up as a um, as a twelve. Okay. And um, at that stage, um, my well, probably just like it was when I was in New Zealand, mate. You know, my, my kicking was pretty average, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, they um, gave me the opportunity to to um, play at twelve and and. 
let those reins go to someone else in terms of kicking responsibilities. And I thought, sweet, you know, I can just concentrate on my rugby, you know, being a second sort of ball player type second five. Uh, and that's what they wanted. And um, and uh, so that was that was where the transition came in terms of playing 12. Is it fair to say that you... Um... Was. You probably spent a bit more time in the gym as well. You looked like you'd, when you transitioned from that London Irish phase to the Wasps, like you'd, you'd put on a fair bit of muscle. You're like probably half a yard quicker. Um, you just looked really dynamic with the ball. You used to break a lot of tackles too, which you probably hadn't had the opportunity to do at 10. No, no, that's right. And, and, and I suppose, um, uh, you know, moving, m- m- moving over to 12 and, and going to London Irish, that's where... Um, I started to become a lot more, hell of a lot more professional in terms of um, what I needed to do uh, to go even further in my rugby career. And at the time, there was, uh, you know, there, there was quite a bit of uh, media hype around uh, Ricky Flutie potentially uh, representing England the following year when, when my residency yep. sort of came up. And I thought, oh, OK, this, there could be an opportunity here. So, so uh, you know, I started... Um, I, 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 you know, paid for my own. I, I looked at my goals, wrote down, wrote down some goals, and uh, even probably uh, a year out or so before I become an England player yeah. and British and Irish Lions player, I, uh, you know, I, I had goals there that, that I wanted to become a British and Irish Lions player. Had you, you written down your goals before, in as much detail as you did this this time around? No, not, no, not at all. And you know, I, 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 it, it was uh, just trying to remember. It was probably. Uh, a few months before I had my first test for England, I thought, okay, right, here's an opportunity here. What's the next? What's the next step? Okay, I can play British and Irish Lions. That's the pinnacle, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, wrote down all these goals, and and they were like things like uh, obviously nutrition. I needed to sort that out. So I was carrying probably a little bit too much, uh, a little bit too much fat, and uh, obviously uh, my speed. I wanted to sharpen up on my on, on my speed. So I went out and and got myself a nutritionist and got myself a, a sprint coach. Yep. And as well as doing all my trainings at London Was, I'd get in the car and drive an hour out of town, out of, out of London, to go and do some speed training with um, with Margot Wells, who was a very high-profile uh, sprint coach over there. Yep. And, uh, and and I spent quite a few years uh, working with her. And it wasn't just all on the, on the track. It was... Um, Doing a lot of stuff in the gym, which was, you know, my, my weight stuff was all based around me getting fast and, 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 and doing that and transferring that onto the field. I could, you know, I just felt so much more balanced and so much more, yeah, yeah, yep. a lot faster. Do you reckon, is it one of those things that if you'd known that's how you probably should have been training years ago, you, you would have probably have maybe had a word to the coaches? Because the, the, the rugby sort of thing was just get as big and strong as you can in the gym rather than probably work around power and explosiveness? Yeah, well, I, I suppose um, there are a few of us actually that, that made a stand in terms of individualising our programmes yeah. for what our goals were and yep. what we wanted to achieve as, as individuals as, as opposed to generalising weight programmes for all the backs or all the forwards. Or you know, I hated going into the gym and doing the same as what a forward was doing in terms yeah. of programming, yep. but obviously different weights. Um, and also going out and doing bits and pieces of, of speed work, but it wasn't, nothing was tailored around what that individual wants to get out of it, you know, where I thought, okay, this is a goal, and if I'm not going to get that from my club trainers, I'm going to go and pay for someone, uh, whether it costs, you know, I don't know, 400 pounds a week or something like that, you know, to get that, you know, I was basically just investing in myself, yeah, you know, totally. and, 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 it was, and it worked, you know. So um, you were like premiership, well, the player, players voted player of the year. <laughs> I have to say that wrong. That you were the um, the players' choice of the year, and um, and then you were named in the England squad. And and from there, you probably had what twelve tests for England, twelve thirteen tests. Yeah, yeah, thirteen or fourteen tests uh, for England. Yep, yep. Any ones that stick out more than others? Um. <clears throat> Nah, I mean, hey, you know, um, getting getting the opportunity to play against my own country, you know, was yep. was pretty special. And also yep. having my um, my mum and stepdad over um, from New Zealand in the stands at at Twickenham yep. uh, to watch that that was that was pretty special. Um, 
it was, you know, there was a lot of media hype around it, obviously, you know, me being the Kiwi guy in the, um, in the England team uh, and playing against the All Blacks. Um, there's a lot of media hype leading up to it. And, uh, you know, it was... it was Because most of those guys were... You came through all the age groups with, right? Like Richard McCall and those dudes. Obviously, Marty knew from Wellington. But you've like grown up with all these dude guys and now all of a sudden you're facing the hucker and you're probably more mouldy than any of those fellas. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And I suppose it was more, I'm looking, I'm standing there telling, well, before the game, you know, they asked me, you know, hey, what's the best approach? Mate, just stand there, stare them in the eye, respect the hucker, and we go on and get on with the game. And uh, for me, I'll say, okay, right. I taught a lot of these. I taught a lot of these buggers uh, the <laughs> how, old, to the, how, to, how to do the hucker back in New Zealand under 16s days, yeah. you know, when I was the hucker leader, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I was seeing, you know, watching some of them going, jeez, come on, fellas, you know, it's not how I taught you, you know. But uh, no, it was, it, it, it was, it was quite, a, quite a special moment. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, uh, it was a dream of mine, just like any other um, kid in New Zealand, you know, to, to be an All Black. You know, and um, I obviously didn't get that opportunity. I wasn't good enough when I was playing here in in, in New Zealand. I uh, probably wasn't as professional as I should have been uh, to to get that opportunity. However, um, to get the opportunity to play at the highest level and uh, to play against the best players in the world, um, that was massive for me. And to also obviously go on and um, and to kick on from that and to represent the British and Irish Lions in the uh, 09 tour of South Africa was um, was was a massive uh, highlight in my career. So how did you know that you were uh, looking for the that, that tour to South Africa? Do, do they ring you up and say, hey, we're looking at you? Or is it just, hey, look, there's a little bit of, bit of, bit of stuff in the media that Ricky Flutie's probably a chance. You probably rate yourself against the other midfielders or you're there, thereabouts. Or um, is it purely team's named and oh you beauty I'm in the team or have they spoken to you beforehand and said oh we want to see these things or that they that like is there an interview or was it just no no I don't think there was I don't think not one you know uh no one actually spoke to you but hey you had opportunities leading into that selection of the I don't know maybe the uh the um uh November Six Nations yeah. test in November, you know, so he had the opportunity to, to, to shine there, yeah. you know, and, um, and I mean, the cool thing was in terms of the way we were trying to play for England at that stage with Brian Smith there, you know, he wanted to play, uh, get out of the, the old style of English play, kicking the corners yeah. and just being set piece focused. He wanted to, he, he really focused on, uh, on, on playing, you know, on, on using the ball and moving the point of contact and keeping the ball alive and basically using um, the whole width of the pitch, you know, um, in, to, in, in our game planning. Uh, but probably looking back, uh, we probably didn't have the, 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 the personnel, you know, to, to, to uh, actually execute a lot of our, our, our plays that we were trying to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think it came down to uh, performing in the, old Northern, um, the November tests and also the, the Six Nations is where I probably uh, got a look in. So you're in the team. And um, it was an absolutely stacked side that went to went to South Africa, and um, you've we've talked about this before. Just the, the step up in professionalism, even between you know going from the England side, which um, is probably even more professional than what the All Blacks are doing at the time. Then you get into this British and Irish Lions team, and there's like what 42 support staff, and um, you're carrying around laptops. There's analysis. There's all sorts of things going on. Was it? Not a shock to the system, but it was it like, well, this is what this is what real professionalism is like, and what's been a British line. And and can you talk? Tell me about like the culture. Like, how does a bunch of Irishmen, Englishmen, Welsh guys? How do they guys gel together? Is it do people clash, or is it like a sort of a, a conformity of all these different cultures, and then you you sort of create this amazing new culture? Yeah, <clears throat> um, I suppose it. Um it really reminded me of being in the New Zealand Maldives team. Um, you know, where it was all about switching on and switching off. And when it was time to switch on, all the players, whether it was in a meeting or on the training field or on the, on the, on the pitch in the game, 
man, we were all on. You know, we we you know there were no drop balls. There were there were there were everyone was just giving their hundred percent to whatever we needed to do. And then when it was time to switch off, you know, there was no no coaches looking over us if we wanted to go to the pub and have a beer, or if we if if we wanted to just go and chill out somewhere, or or you know when we switched off, we were allowed to do whatever we wanted to get in that zone of right. I'm just you know relaxed now, um, to the point where you know you you, you spoke about um, uh, bringing how to how did all those nations how did all those countries how did we all get come together. You know, in a short space of time, uh, I I remember um, I think it was the first week we got to, well a week out a few days out before we um, shot over to England. Um, we had a we had a team dinner with all these sponsors, and um, we we're supposed to have a, a team bonding day the day after, and it was supposed to be yachting. Yeah. And uh, so we're at this team dinner, and we're coming back on the bus. Must have been about ten thirty, eleven o'clock, heading back to our hotel, and we got a. Um, <clears throat> uh, one of the guys stood up and said, oh, hey, the, the, the uh, yachting has been cancelled, but everyone meet down in the bar. So um, Sounds dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, we were all pretty knackered, um, but yeah, we ended up getting changed and then going down to the bar. And and uh, that night we probably finished up at about six in the morning when people started, <laughs> people, people, people started coming in for breakfast and we were getting sort of kicked out. But it was really interesting. I, you know, I, I, love, my, I love my music and at the time I had, um, you know, I had like a little karaoke um, machine sort of thing that I carried around everywhere I went, you know, yeah. to try and get a bit of singing going on. But um, it was really interesting, actually, you know, watching the English boys. I noticed them, a lot of the English boys, they went to bed quite early, you know, around one o'clock or something. Yeah. There were only a couple of Scottish boys, so they were sort of there and thereabouts. But the old Irish and the Welsh boys, eh? Geez, they can drink and, and, and they didn't want to they didn't want to go to bed John Paul you know <laughs> they, they didn't want to be the first to, to pike out and go to bed so so uh, you know there, there, there was a bit of a standoff there in terms of uh, well that's where that Maori and Irish and Welsh culture sort of comes together quite nicely yeah exactly yeah. and and, and uh, they love singing too right that's right yeah and and, and I felt uh, you know being the outside guy being the Kiwi guy in yeah. the British and Irish lines um, you know I, it was it was quite nice to you know, to, to be uh, connected with, with those guys and, and you yeah. know, enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Which, and, and from doing that, I really believe, hey, we, we didn't, we weren't successful in terms of uh, that, that tour, you know. Um, but, uh, mate, how we came together and gelled straight up from that, from that, uh, you know, few drinkies a couple of nights before heading over was absolutely gold, was massive for us. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that one of the better team cultures that you've been a part of or some of the most fun that you've ever had? Um, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of teams, a lot of teams I've been in, JP, is, is you know, the, the, the culture's, uh, you know, pretty awesome, you know. But in terms of that tour, you're going away with these guys for eight or so weeks, you know, spending yeah. that much time with them. And, uh, you don't get, I suppose you don't get that opportunity with your club sides. No, doing anything like no, that that's now. right. But yeah. then remember, you know, we've got uh, we're on the we're in the spotlight. Yeah. We've got um, you know thirty five thousand tourists staying in our hotels and yeah. everywhere we go. Just you know, we're around. there. Yeah. And um, you know, talking about gelling and bonding with uh, a, a few drinks. You know, it, it's. Uh, I remember if you weren't involved in, in any of the test test matches. We'd um, we'd have uh, a Wednesday night. The whole team, after the team got announced for the test, you know, we'd go out for for a meal. And then obviously, uh, the guys that weren't involved had to give as much space uh, to the starting fifteen as possible. Right. You know, so we got out. You know, I wasn't involved in the first two tests, but played in the third test. So we we you know got right out of the way. They barely saw us for the next few days. You know, leading up to the test match. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so there was a bit of socialising with our with our with our supporters, which was cool. That's a real cool. Um, one, yeah. From Wednesday onwards, yep. you know. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. So you, you had a, you got a, a niggle like you, you pulled your hammy at training just before the was it before the first test or between the first and the second? No, Jean Paul. No, what happened was uh, I actually nearly got sent home uh, through injury. Uh, right. I, I actually um, I. Hurt my knee in one of the uh, um, in one of the um, lead up games to the first test, and um, 
you know, after the game, um, after the game, I got dressed and ready to go out for a couple of pints with, with, with everyone else. Yeah. And my knee just, it just ballooned, ballooned out. And I thought, ooh, crikey, I better not, I better ice it. So I did my, being a professional guy, nice. uh, did, you know, I had my own um, game ready, and yep. uh, which is an ice machine, um, compressor. And uh, I put that on, and, and I was up every, you know, every two hours icing it for, for, um, for the next couple of days. But I went and showed the doctor and the physio the next morning, and uh, it was still massive. Yeah. And I could barely move it. And they were, uh, you know, talking about sending me, sending me home. I, I, you know, I, I ain't going to finish the tour. So um, I actually said to the, uh, to the doctor, I said, well, can you get a, another opinion from a surgeon? I want you to take this fluid out of it and I'll crack on. The sure. only thing that's hurting me is this fluid that's inside yeah. it. Structurally, for me, because I've had so many injuries and I know my own body, yeah. I, said, I said to them, no, no, structurally, it's actually all right. The only thing that's hurting is all this fluid that's, that's floating around in there. Can you, can you take it out? And so they came back to me later on that day and they'd spoken with a surgeon in, in, in England and, yeah, they, they took all this whole heap of fluid out right. of my knee and... Um, uh, I had. I think they were gonna, you know, they were gonna give me a couple of days, only a couple of days, to see if I could run at like ninety five percent. Right. And two days later, I made sure I was running at ninety five percent. You know, because no way was I, no yeah. way was I getting back on that plane and and, yep. and coming home. So um, <clears throat> uh, it was sore. It yeah. was It was real sore. So three days later, or four days later, or something, I was. I had to play another game. You know. Um, so just got through that game. Um, and uh, and and you. And so after you got through that game, um, and the, they lost, they lost the first two tests, and then you get the knock on the door. Did you get a knock on the door, and then you get told you're, you're starting, you're starting the third test? Yeah, yeah. Big uh, Jamie Roberts. Uh, I think he went down. He got injured in the in, in the second test. There were actually quite a few injuries in that second test. Pretty tough test, uh, and then um, and then I got the opportunity to um, to start in that third test, uh, which was which was awesome. Um, and yeah, well, I've been strapping my knee up and and um, you know getting that opportunity to play in front of that many people, get a test under my mouth under my belt for uh, for the British Nice Lions was was uh, was an awesome feeling, mate. And and I think I only I think I came off uh, not long after half time, but. Uh, you know, having a couple of um, uh, decent in involvements in, yeah. the, in that test yeah. to, to help um, set up a couple of tries. Yeah, to, to yeah. win that test um, was 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 awesome. What was it like? You've you've played the test, you've won the game, and there would have been. Um, I think you're telling about Shane Williams probably chopped about three bottles of champagne within ten minutes of finishing the game. But there must have been a little bit of a, a come down after that tour. Like you know, you would have been. At a real high, you know, and then coming back home and and coming back to life, and then you're probably back into pre-season training for the next season. Yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that third test, I I um I made a couple of massive hits and uh, took a couple of massive hits and injured my shoulder. Okay. So uh, you know, and I was actually moving over to to France after that tour, um, but uh, yeah, I I was probably out for the next. Three months, six months. Okay. After that, with a couple of shoulder, with a couple of shoulder ops that I, that I needed, but uh, it was worth it. It was yep. worth it. Yeah. Who were the? Uh, who was the most entertainment on that British and Irish Lions tour? Oh mate, there were quite a few. Eh? You know, we had a guy called Andy Powell. He probably Andy Powell, yeah. Yeah, Andy Powell. He he played a few of the um, uh, the uh, lead up lead up matches for the British and Irish Lions, but he didn't play any test matches and. Uh, Alongside a few other guys, you know, he probably went fourteen days drinking, uh, <laughs> you know, because he wasn't involved yeah. in the in, yeah. in any of the tests. So yeah, right. part of that is getting away from the test team and uh, switching off, and that's how he and you know I probably did a fair few nine or ten days, you know, yep. when I wasn't involved in the first yeah. two tests. But yep. uh, it was yeah, you know, it wasn't getting hammered. It was just going out having a few and socialising with uh, networking and with uh, with our yeah. supporters and. Yep. And you know, and, and, and enjoying enjoying the occasion, um, but yeah, he was a crack up, mate. He's hard case that fella. Sheesh, crikey. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the behind the scenes tour videos was pretty interesting. There's plenty of people being pushed in pools and a few good practical jokes. 
They like playing practical jokes, those fellas. Uh, you, you. Well, they didn't play any on me, yeah, thankfully, because <laughs> they know I don't really like jokes being played on me, you know. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, moving on. So uh, then you had a little bit of time in, bit of, bit of time in Breathe, and then, and then to Rico in Japan? Yeah, yeah. Breathe didn't really work out um, as I'd liked it to. I, I obviously, as I said before, that I'd... I'd um, I was heading the after the British, Lions, British and Irish Lions tour, and I turned up there injured. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't had the op yet, but uh, turned up there. They were probably three games into the season. I couldn't lift my arm above my shoulder, and uh, turned up there like on a Tuesday or so, and they said, oh, Ricky, uh, you must play this, this Saturday. I'm like, oh, mate, my, my shoulder's buggered. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't play. Yeah. You know, and they said, no, no, you play. And I was like, oh, okay. So the Friday night, um, Friday night I rung the owner who's an English guy yep. uh, and I said hey, uh, and I hadn't trained all week because yep. of my shoulder I said uh, I feel like I'm getting forced to play a bit of to play you know, to play this game this weekend my shoulder's buggered and he obviously didn't want to get involved in in the medical side of things yep. you know so I said oh okay bugger it I'll, I'll play but don't expect nothing from me you know I mean don't expect me to bloody you know uh score five tries and, you know, make a few covering tackles. Yeah. I don't know if it'll, yeah. it'll work. So I went out there. I did my job. I yep. didn't miss any tackles. I didn't do anything special. Yep. But I was pretty gutted at the end of that in the end of that game and came back into the changing rooms and um, and rung up the owner again and said, no, this is bullshit. You know, um, my shoulder's buggered, man, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I just asked him, hey, can I go back to England? Because I was still contracted to England yep. at the time. And they had a separate agreement with... Um, with Breathe, that right. whenever England wanted me, I could be released for training camps or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I asked the owner on the phone after the game, mate, can I go back and get a second opinion on my shoulder through England? You know, they'll send me back, fly me back and, you know, support me. So I said, yep, sweet as. So I went over there, sure enough, saw a surgeon. He said, yeah, your shoulder's in pieces. We need to operate. Um, and uh, went back and told them. And then they said... Uh, no, no, no. We take you for a uh, for a, uh, another opinion. <laughs> so they took me to their surgeon, yeah, and, their su- and their surgeon came out and said, "No, no, you're okay. You play next week." <laughs> I was said, "Oh my goodness! All right." So it, it started off real bad, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I ended up getting on the plane and going back to England and just getting the surgery done anyway. Yeah. Right. Through the advice of yeah. of of the medical staff in England. Yeah. And so obviously that's three months later. You know, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. And uh, so I'm out for three months, so I'm sort of back and forth, England, breathe, England, breathe, you know, moving yeah. my family over and yeah. back and forth as well, which was a bit of a headache. And then, uh, you know, uh, rehabbed it three months later. I played maybe one or two games for breathe. And then uh, and and then England calls and go, oh, Ricky, we've got Six Nations, uh, you need to come over. So... I said, see you later to um, to breathe again for another eight weeks yeah, or however tough, long eh? it was, yeah. and they hated that. Yeah, you know, so I was in the middle of all of it, you know, yeah. and I probably only and, and then by the end of it, yeah. uh, I had a two year contract there yeah. Yeah. Uh, and earning some decent money. Yeah, uh, but I was, um, you know, I I had had a chat to the owner and, and the coach at the time, and and you know, I laid everything on the table, they did as well, and we basically sh- shook hands and said, mate, thanks for the opportunity, uh, but I'm heading back to Was. I'm going, I'm going back to England. So yeah. uh, so, so that was my, ex- my French experience, you know, turning <laughs> up there. I wish I'd never, you know, I was really looking forward to it. I wish I'd never, um, well, you know, uh, if I didn't turn up injured, I think would things be. would have changed and would have been completely different. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they hated the fact that I was injured and I didn't give everything... Obviously, you know, I only played three or four games, five games, you know, for Breathe, and they hated that. And, uh, you know, I sort of hated how I was getting treated. So I said, see you later. I'm out. Thank you very much. And then, it was, and then it was um, Konnichiwa a little bit later. Yeah, and then it came in and, and uh, came back to Was, uh, to my comfort zone, which was which was awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Was at the time, was going, they, they were going through um, pretty hard, Financial times, uh, you know, around then, and uh, and uh, then got the opportunity to 
to sort of uh, yeah to go to Japan and played for Rico, and that was an awesome experience. However, you know, I was sort of my wife and kids were back here in New Zealand, so I was trying to do the old commute travel from New Zealand yeah, and here back way. and forth, which was tough. So I was living the single life in in Tokyo, yep. which was a bit dangerous in terms of uh, you know being bored, going to have a couple of couple of drinks and with Colin Burke, doing, with Colin Burke and. Uh, and Roy Kinikini Lau, and uh, you know, and uh, and you know, some of those Japanese boys are bad influences as well. You know, not not you know. They love karaoke, know, don't they? They love oh, mate. That's where we connected. You know, <laughs> you know they love the karaoke and, and 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 cigarettes and and drinking and playing. And so that was that that, that was two years of that, and yeah. I had enough of that and come back come back to New Zealand. Yeah, and <clears> unfortunately, you. You basically tore your hamstring off your bone playing for the Wellington Lions pre-season. Yeah, so after <clears throat> after um, the idea that after after Japan, obviously my family had been here for for you know for a couple of years while I was yep. in Japan, and um, I, I you know I was I was looking for you know uh, a contract that would take me you know sort of six months to a year contract and and uh, Wellington gave me that opportunity and it was awesome yep. to do. You know, to finish off my career yeah, yeah. back here in Wellington. You know, to give something back to Wellington after travelling around the world and and experiencing different things and different coaches. And you know, I thought I could um, uh, offer quite a bit. You know, in terms yep. of helping a lot of the younger players uh, coming through as that sort of old head senior player. And um, and but yeah, I was, I was absolutely gutted. Um, you know, the first. Game, the last game before the first competition game against Canterbury, I, uh, I I ripped my whole hamstring clean off the bone, three attachments clean off, just got caught, um, tried doing a bit of a hidden spin in, in contact and got caught with my back uh, uh, against the defenders, and they drove me back and I just got caught in the splits with yeah. a couple of with a whole heap of people on top of me. So basically, my chest face on the ground with my legs by my ears, mm, and yeah. uh, something something had to give, and my whole hammy went bang, and uh, and you know so even now that's um, it's you know what three three years later it's uh, it's uh, it's not that great. But you get on the mountain bike a fair bit now though. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So uh, so now you know. Uh, it's I've been 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 in that sort of transition phase from from uh, you know being a professional rugby player for fifteen or so years yeah. to the real world, and you know I've been I've been reading and and watching a lot around you know how a lot of uh, professional athletes struggle in that in that zone you yeah. know in that transition, um, <clears throat> and and for me um, you know it, it has it, it has been tough, and I suppose but the biggest thing. That's been tough for me. Is actually uh, hasn't been what I'm going to do next in my in, with my career or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's actually been the training part of it, you know, because uh, from training every day for the last fifteen years or however long, probably longer, because there were the other years where when I was sixteen, training my ass off to become something and right. be some be something in rugby, um, but uh, and then all of a sudden I get an injury. A career-ending injury where you know, and all of a sudden, uh, I obviously couldn't train, right. you know, so I stopped, yeah. and uh, I was trying to re- I was re- rehabbed it myself, um, but then for um, for probably a couple of years, um, you know, I I, I I actually I went to the gym uh, before uh, one of my first jobs I got in the shipping container industry, and I was getting up. 5.30 in the morning to go to the gym and I was doing the same exercises, the same workouts as yep. I used to do uh, that used to get me up when I was a player but I was in there at 5.30 in the morning before work and I was going what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing? This, you know, doing yeah. bench press and all these yeah. other things yeah. uh, and I was like, no, nah, this is shit no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm out. So that lasted only a few months, you know, getting up that early and going to work all day yeah. and then uh, I just got right away from Training and 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 I had all the excuses in the world in terms of oh life's busy now you know being in the real world I've got um, you know I've got to working full time four kids you know four kids family coaching as well so yeah. so I'd been I've, I've uh, last couple of years I've been coaching the uh, the Petoni Prims uh, and also the Wellington Development Team um, and and that's something I'm really passionate about uh, and I and I really enjoy doing. 
is my coaching. So, you know, so all of those things, I was like, well, I've got no time for Ricky. There's no time for me to do training. And, and like, I, like I said, you know, I didn't have a purpose to train yeah, that's anymore. A, that's my thing, my yeah. purpose before was yeah. to be awesome in the weekends. Yeah. Where my purpose now is to what? You know, to try and have... A, you know, keep a few abs there, but uh, so so it was it was it's been really hard. That's been the hardest thing, John Paul. You know, I'd uh, I'd I'd gone from ninety two my playing career when I'd finished to uh, one hundred and six kgs. You know, at Christmas time, um, just gone. Yeah. And uh, and that was the moment where I thought, oh man, this is not good. And you know, if I'm gonna keep this type of lifestyle and not put anything into Ricky. I'm going to be 112. I'm going to be 120 <laughs> soon. You know? see and, the pants. And, and yeah. yeah, that's right. And obviously, being a Maori, we love our bread and, and the yeah. carbs and all yeah. those things and, and uh, eating the same amount of food as I used to when I was playing as well. And obviously, uh, being in the game I'm in now with, uh, with, uh, as an account manager with Carter's building supplies, you know, I'm networking, taking new business, new customers out for a few drinks here and there and all of those things. There was just no time for Ricky, you know, yeah. and uh, so I had to drop something. So I've, I'm, I'm, and you know, with my coaching for the last couple of years, that was ten months of of giving for Three love for of week, yeah. every Tuesday, every Thursday, some Wednesdays, say days, some Sundays, you know. It was uh, it, it took up a, a lot of time, you know. Uh, so yeah, this year I, from Christmas, I I dropped uh, club club rugby. But I'm still coaching with Dion Waller actually with the Wellington development team, and um, <clears throat> and I've dropped that to pick up uh, you know other other things. So I'm doing I'm pretty full on into cross CrossFit now, uh, and also and also mountain biking. Absolutely loving it. And now uh, I'm back down to uh, you know 98 kgs, and yeah. I want to get back down to my playing weight. Of uh, of ninety two kgs, and I feel absolutely better for it. You know, I'd, before you know when I wasn't doing any training, my wife Sarah she'd um, she noticed she noticed that I was a different person. You know, coming home yep. stressed out, angry, lazy. Yeah. You know, and she knew she knew that man. You got to train. You got to train. You know, from a mental side of things. You know, from from you know so that. I come home and I'm 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 fresh. I'm ready to go. I'm you know I, I feel relaxed and you know ready to uh, enjoy everyone's company, enjoy my kids, and you know so uh, so yeah, it's uh, that's probably been the toughest thing. Not 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 the what am I going to do next? You know because um, the biggest thing for me in terms of the transition into 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 a career, um, I always sort of you know. I always put it out to when I was um, a Wellington Academy player. You know, I knew I was at the bottom, and I needed to do I needed to do everything I could to um, get to the top. So what I did was I surrounded myself with uh, with good people, with like minded people, hard yep. trainers, hard you know, hard workers, and that's what I did. And and even you know, coming into in England, like we like we spoke about there, I put all these things in place. To become who I became, you know, in terms of yeah. how far I came in, in my rugby career, and so I thought, okay, well, in uh, in in the real world is what we call it, is that I'm gonna basically use the same processes, you know. So now my feet are grounded in terms of the role I'm, I'm I've got at Carters, okay. and 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 in you know, and um, so now I'm basically doing everything I can. Uh, to surround myself with uh, good people, good mentors, uh, um, and um, basically doing everything I can uh, to become the man I can be in 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 in, in the real world. So uh, and and goal settings and all those things that I did when I was playing in my playing career, yeah. I'm doing that now, yeah. and 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 in a way trying to lead the way uh, <clears throat> in terms of uh, you know. Being in sales and and having the having the drive, having the desire to win, and all those things in my in my job and what I'm doing now, and uh, and absolutely enjoying it because end of the day, um, you know all the skills that I've that I've learned being a professional rugby player have been 
transferable into the sales job and yeah, networking is, yeah. is what I'm doing now. And yet, uh, I was sh absolutely shit scared of having my f very first interview ever in my whole life, uh, <laughs> you know, with, yeah. with Carters. I actually thought when uh, when a guy tapped me on the shoulder and wanted me to come work for them, I thought, oh, yes, see you on Monday. Here's the keys yeah. to the car. Yeah. Here's, your, here's your ledger. Here's your customers. Where you go. Oh, hey, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, three or four interviews, psychometric tests, drug tests. All of it, I was going, oh, Jesus, karate. Man, how am I going to get through this? Uh, but I got through it, and the funny thing was, was that uh, after my first interview, um, uh, or after my second interview, actually, uh, a couple of the, the head dogs at Carter's, they... Um, uh, you know, they pulled me aside and said, oh, hey, Ricky, uh, mate, just give me some feedback, mate. That interview went really, really well. It was awesome. Oh, yeah? And, and I actually said to them, well, um, yeah, that was actually my very first interview ever. <laughs> yeah, and they had a bit of a, they both had a bit of a bit of a laugh, eh? and I was like, no, no shit, I'm not joking you. Well, that's the thing, though, but you were like 17, 18, and then you are playing professional rugby, so you didn't get that chance to go to university or have a part-time job because you were like the first of those kids coming straight out of school that just skipped that whole... I mean, because the academy, you know, in fairness to those, the academies at that stage, weren't that well set up and really didn't have all the support structures they have now. So you've done pretty well to go professional rugby. And, and not that you walked into a job because you had, probably had to work hard for it, but you've, you've done well to, to make that transition, right? And there must be... I mean, you're of that age group now where there are other guys that are still working out what they want to do, right? Yeah, that's right. And and a lot of my career, obviously, you know, um, mm. you know, being in the professional development scenes, you know, with, uh, you know, supports that we did have and all the teams I've, yeah. I've been in, sit down with, 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 with them and uh, go over, oh, what do you want to do, you know, when you finish rugby? We have to yeah. start thinking about it now. And to be honest, I was like, mate, to be honest, I wouldn't have a clue what I want to do. I would not have a clue, and I was honest, honest with yeah. them, you know, yeah. um, and to the point where, okay, my career came to an end, and, and I was actually, what I was going to say before, I, was, I actually used, I was actually hoping, well, I was actually using that, uh, the, the, the year I, I signed back with Wellington Lions, uh, using that sort of year to network around Wellington again and, and see what opportunities were out there, do some, um, you know, work experience, uh, you know, to look at what I wanted to what wanted to get into, but um, but uh, end of the day, hey, you know, I've I've had these couple opportunities in in, in the sales game, and and um, I absolutely love it. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm very competitive. I love winning, and and uh, you know, you you, you get uh, you know you you get that with the, the type of role type of job I'm in at the moment. You know, and uh, yeah. So, mate. To June, British and Irish Lions are coming to New Zealand. You know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot or, or call you out, but um, mate, what are your predictions? Do, do you think they have got enough um, cattle to <clears throat> beat the All Blacks in a test? Or am I being too arrogant? Yeah, no, I'm not too sure actually. You know, in terms of, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what type of uh, attacking game plan that they're going to bring. Yeah. I know their defence is going to be awesome They've because, because right? uh, the whole time I was over there, we had defensive coaches and the amount of detail they put into the de their defence uh, is the same amount, obviously, you know, us growing up here in New Zealand used to put into, into attack, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what type of uh, attacking style they do bring because... Uh, obviously, you know they're going to be big and physical, which is what they always are. Yeah. But uh, are they going to be the, uh, you know, maybe Warren Gatlin around the corner, send their big boys around the corner and try and spread and give a bit of space for their backs? Um, you know, to pretty similar to you know what uh, Wales have done, you know, in in, in the past. Right. But um, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to keep that ball alive, you know, uh, you know because. When the All Blacks obviously see an opportunity to opportunity to attack that breakdown, they'll attack it and obviously turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, you know. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the first few games, uh, you know, on on, on tour with these guys. Do you think that we'll probably see a lot more ball in play than what we would have seen in past tours? Because obviously, New Zealand's always had a dangerous back three, but I mean, right now with um, you know with Israel Dare, Ben Smith. Um, sort of, a, um, I was going to say, sort of any, if, uh, you know, 
I've lost. I've lost. Who am I trying to think of? Um, ah, oh, the winger from the Hollanders. Anywho, <clears throat> point being that kicking the ball to the All Blacks is probably not going to well work well for you, is it? Um, for me, yeah. me, me, me being the Lions guy, yeah, or the Kiwi guy that may be supporting both. Games. <laughs> Which one, John Paul? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. From oh, a Lions okay. perspective. Oh, okay. Yeah, a um. <clears throat> Nah, well, well, obviously, you know, you, you look at the way all the Super Rugby teams are, are, are counterattacking now, yeah. you know, and and I know that, um, um, you know, even back when I was playing, whenever we kicked the ball, we made sure that we got it into the seats so yeah. that they couldn't take a quick throw, in, you yeah. know, and and keep the ball alive and 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 and, and play from the back there. So obviously, they're going to have that same game plan. Um, of in terms of uh, you know when we are kicking, we have to kick smart and find grass to. Either if we're kicking it to space, we have to find a bit of grass to um, set our defensive lines, uh, our defensive kick chase lines, or kick it right out, you know, in, in, into the stands. And, uh, and that might, you know, yeah, so I think that's yeah. that's how anyone would play against, um, you know, the All Blacks. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of guys in there that you've you've played with for England in the, the British Islands tour. You would talk about a couple of those guys? Yeah, uh, well, there's uh, uh, Courtney Laws. Courtney Laws, I played with him uh, uh, for England. He's a big rig. He, he's massive. He's huge. He's uh, dynamic. He's strong. He's. I, I posted something up on my Facebook page, actually, uh, a preview of, of Courtney Laws in terms of his, his defence. And uh, he's going to be one guy that I think, uh, if he's going to be playing in the test matches, that, um, you know, Bowden Barrett, uh, if he's playing 10, he needs to probably watch out for if he's going to attack the line because, uh, you know, there's 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 a few late shots and he, yeah. he, there's a few late shots yeah. that in, in yeah. his in his clips that I posted. But man, um, they they hurt people. You know, yeah. he's 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 a beast, and you know, if he gets you, he'll 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 keep you down. He um he he. How old would he be? Would he be early thirties? Yeah, he's been be he's been around for a little while now. He yeah, must yeah, be so one of the oldest <coughs> statesmen in the team in the side. Yeah, yeah, he'd be probably thirty or something like that. He was a youngster when I was when I, when yeah. I was when, when when I was playing for England. Yeah. But there's also another guy, uh, Billy Vunapolo, uh, who yeah, I right. played. Who I, he yeah. was he was eighteen year old just come out of yeah. just come out of uh, some posh school, uh, private school over in England, um, and uh, yeah, he came. I played alongside him at Was. And whew, he was a beast. Yeah. He was a beast. And now he's obviously been in the professional environment for a number of years and been playing for England for the last couple of years. Um, and he's had uh, sort of being a typical uh, Polynesian island boy, he's had issues with his uh, with his weight and things like that and injuries. But uh, he he looks like he's in uh, he's he's in a bit of uh, good form now. You know, good shape. And uh, man, he's. He, He's a ball carrier. He'll get he'll get them over the game line and, and yep. throw a few 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 guys off him. Yep. Uh, but my thing is, have they got the skill skill level to uh, to, to to keep moving that ball in for eighty on, minutes you know, for, yep. for, for, for eighty minutes yep. and, instead of just tucking and, and setting up a ruck and going to the yep. next ruck and next ruck? Where yep. you look at the look at all the Super Rugby teams now, uh, you know how they're moving the point of contact and not creating a ruck by keeping that ball alive with, yeah. you know, a, a, a Sonny Bill Williams ball out the back now is just a, is, is is actually just a normal draw and pass. It's stock standard, you know, it's isn't a stock standard draw and pass. Yeah. You know, nowadays, yeah. and uh, and and uh, whether they're practicing that at you know in, in drills and in, in, uh, um, at trainings, I'm, I'm not too sure, but uh, you know. That's that's my big thing is can they keep can they can the can the Lions um, you know keep that flow on in terms of the attack? They've got I mean the Test series is going to be tough, right? Obviously, um, you know both sides want to win, and, and and the All Blacks will be very strong. It'll be a very strong British Lions Lions team. But <clears throat> those midweek games, you know, they've the provincial Barbarians. I mean, there's still some pretty good players in there, but they've got you know they're playing the Blues, the Hurricanes, got the Mouldy All Blacks. Man, they they've got some tough footy because New Zealand depth at the moment is just huge, you know. And and so while there's a, a lot to you know to reap and win, they've also got a lot to lose, haven't they? Because you know all of a sudden they could find themselves you know down two or three games and you know sort of battling to win midweekers. 
Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, they try. I can't remember any scores or anything, but you know, when they come over in 2005, I'm sure a couple of teams were there and thereabouts, a couple of NPC teams, or yeah. whatever we call them, yeah, NPC teams uh, there and thereabouts, giving them a really good shot. Yeah. But now they're actually playing, coming in and playing against uh, the next tier up, you know, the Super Rugby teams. Yeah. And, and okay, take away the All Blacks, uh, that'll be a part of it, and maybe the, the Māori All Blacks. Out of those, out of those, um, out of those Super Rugby teams, man, they're going to be they're, they're going to be tough for the for the British and Irish Lions to yeah. play against, yeah. you know, because like I said, the um, the the skill level and everything that uh, the professional rugby players are bringing now here in New Zealand yeah. is just yeah. well ahead of the game. Yeah. Turn switch sides now. Come back. You're now a Kiwi. Oh, I'm black. a Kiwi now. Yeah, you're a Maori. Um, oh, okay. If yeah. you if if you're in the All Black side and um, you're you're working with Steve Hansen, what advice would you give to the All Blacks in terms of structure, what they need to do, how they should play the game? What what would you be telling them? Well, in in, in terms of this is how we've previewed this is how we've uh, previewed the the British and Irish Lions. Um, oh man, I, I wouldn't have a clue what 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 advice uh, he'd 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 be. Um, I'm I'm sure they'll be going through their processes and worrying about how they're going to play the game right. and what worrying about they their game plannings and 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 that uh, you know they're a hundred percent up to speed with what they need to do and in terms of understanding their roles and responsibilities um, within the All Blacks camp you know right. I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure. Um, yeah, mate, they're the world champions, you know. Yeah. In terms of giving the whole team or giving individuals, uh, you know, advice, I, I, you know, I'm not too sure if, if uh, you know, uh, these fellas need that. No, yeah. that. Do you think we'll see any bolters in the All Blacks? Geordie Barrett, perhaps? Geordie Barrett, yeah, there's been a lot of chat about Geordie yeah. Barrett. I've been watching, obviously, watching her, watching Geordie uh, at, at fullback there when he's coming to, to, to centre. Uh, mate, he, what an awesome talent he is, yeah. you know, man, and also having the ability, you know, to be be a goal kicking option from the back as well. Yeah. He's tall, so and he's awesome in the air. He's got he's coming straight out of school or whatever he is, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, to uh, you know he's big and strong. He can take contact. He can clean people out. Uh, he doesn't. He actually doesn't look out of place. Nah. He doesn't look like he's a how old is he? Nineteen-year-old, oh, twenty, nineteen twenty. He doesn't yeah. look, you know, yeah. looks like he's been playing for the Hurricanes for years, yeah. forever. Yeah. And uh, mate, I'm, I'm sure, you know, they took him over to, over on tour last year, didn't they? You they know, did, as an the apprentice. apprentice yeah. And 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 um, you know, they're obviously, um, you know, um, bringing him in and making him be a part of the culture and everything right. else now. Last question: Do you, do you think Sonny Williams will be a part of the All Black squad? Sonny Big, Sonny Big Bill. Um, well, we actually haven't seen. Yeah, he's, he's been injured, hasn't he? Yeah, we've seen a lot uh, of them. So, so we haven't uh, seen a hell of a lot of Sonny. But you know what he's brought to the game uh, in the last few years. You know, to the game here in, in, in New Zealand and to the All Blacks. You know, has, has been absolutely massive. You know, the ability, like I said, the the ability to keep that ball alive into his offloading game is yeah. just, you know, he's revolutionised that 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 whole part of the game. Now, like I said, everyone's doing it. My my kids are doing it here. Yeah. You know, they're only nine. They're doing the Sunny Bill run at Williams flicks, and what he's done has been absolutely massive, massive for the game. Um, but uh, hey, you know, I'm sure he'll want to get uh, a lot more games under his belt, get a lot fitter. Get more involvements uh, uh, in in the games he's playing for the Blues, and uh, you know, you know, I'm 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 sure he will be uh, there and thereabouts. So will we uh, see you on tour with the British and Irish Lions, gallivanting up and down the country and doing interviews and whatnot? You're just going to be yeah, still you know, waiting for that uh, phone call, John Paul, from you know the likes of you know All Black Tours and whoever else that runs these kind of things. Sky you know? Sport, yeah, you know. So everyone's got my number. You know, I'm happy to come along and do a few, uh, you know, uh, engagements, you know, taking, uh, you know, uh, tourists, British and Irish lines, tourists around a few bars here and there or, gig, or whatever, you know, or yeah. taking them actually, taking them actually mountain biking, John Paul. That's a great option. I'd actually yeah. love, I'd, I'd yeah. love for people to come to Wellington when they come to Wellington is come for a hoot up, up a few of the, the mountains with me, you know, yeah. and, and try and just do something other than Drinking. seeing their hotels, 
going to rugby matches and drinking and going to rugby clubs. Man, come 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 up a few of the mountains with me. I have some bikes. Ricky Flutie on Twitter. Yeah, Ricky Flutie on Twitter, John yeah. Paul, Instagram, Facebook, all of that social media things, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you've introduced me to. Oh, indeed. Hey, mate, thank you. Uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. Um, what an awesome chat, you know. We, we talked about so many different things, as well, obviously, about your career and um, finishing career, but, and also the, the, the tour coming up. So, um, look, appreciate your time, and, mate, we'll have to get you back again. You know, hey, thanks very much for having me, John Paul Tucker. You know, I really enjoyed it, and, uh, yeah. Cheers to all your listeners. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode.